Meditation is such a tradition-heavy culture. Whenever someone says that they started meditation practice and they want some tips, I always have to ask, well, what type of meditation did you learn to practice? Because the style will dictate so much of what I say. The tradition matters a lot when it comes to the technique and how to practice to actually be practicing meditation. Nowadays, there's so many articles and we throw tradition out the way just to give some generic help and it really makes people confused when it comes to meditation. You most likely will yield poor results if you throw effortless philosophy into a Zen meditation technique. Zen isn't effortless, nor should it be. It was established based on its traditions, and effortless meditation was established based on its own. That's why it's so hard to learn to meditate on your own without actually causing yourself harm or just giving up too soon. In this way, the tradition matters a lot. But then I look at Vedic meditation and most other traditions, and I see so much harm as well. The divide in the community over how pure someone teaches, the control that certain groups of people are trying to assert over others, forcing them to sign papers declaring that they are the keeper of the knowledge, even though the knowledge comes from the soul and from Vedanta. There is a tradition in the Veda community for men to use their place as guru to try to get women to sleep with them. Like, there is a lot of dark in the tradition that I studied, and yet it is also the tradition that gave me hope. The technique itself was the only type of meditation that made me feel inspired to practice and made me feel like my life could improve, and then it improved it. So I teach the technique, but I also cut the label of Vedic meditation out because of so many of the people within that community. My hope was that, in a way, I can keep more of the positive and get rid of some of the harmful parts of the tradition. But to be honest, I'm not 100% sure if you can even do that. I know that whenever you cut something out, you will also lose part of the good. And for me, I kind of see it right now as a necessary loss in order to get rid of lies, exploitation, and greed that exists. And I just hope that the love that I pour into the tradition and the technique and the love that I have for my students is enough to be able to positively impact their lives. Something that I struggle with every day to be able to figure out what part of the tradition is worth keeping, what part of the tradition do I need to get rid of. Being able to look at the traditions in my life and see, is that possible? Can we keep only parts of a tradition as we go on? And I think we can. Just like I want to keep the traditions that brought me joy and lose some of the traditions that caused pain within my own family and the traditions of holidays. I really believe that that exists and maybe not to perfection, but nothing is perfect, to a point where it's beneficial. That's what I'm really trying to do, but it's hard to tell the difference. Where do I go when I die? Am I still here? Am I not? Am I still real? Lord, Lord, I know some real, but I know God. 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 I
traditions and everything in existence has both light and darkness in it. And traditions can often be used, like the KKK has a tradition of, you know, lynching black people. Or witches use rituals in order to sometimes cast evil spells and curses. And sometimes traditions also, because they often bind a community together, they can also make people feel more ostracized if they don't partake in those same traditions they can feel left out and I know for you we've talked about me trying to get you to incorporate some traditions for that we should share in our life and yeah um for me there's multiple ways I can think of traditions and the idea of tradition you know there's many different forms that it can take uh, like you stated previously Tradition can be good, there can be bad tradition, and there can also be tradition that hasn't been implemented yet, which is freedom, really, for creativity and the ability to create a tradition, which is a beautiful thing. But, you know, to actually take that and think about what it actually means is to really break down some of the things that you may have grown up around or experienced, and sometimes that can be very tough or or troublesome. Because not everyone has very good traditions and things like that. I grew up around certain kids who, because of the neighborhood they grew up in or were born in, it was tradition that they would join a certain gang. And that's not even their choice, you know. But because they have four or five generations of the same people in this neighborhood, they have no choice. That is their tradition. You are now affiliated with this membership. Sometimes you're born into tradition. So for me, I wasn't born into traditions. There are certain traditions like spending time with the family on certain days or, you know, going to a restaurant that was the favorite of the families on a specific day of the year. But outside of that, you know, to be quite honest, traditions were a pretty tricky thing in my family. You know, sometimes we celebrated Christmas, other times we didn't. Sometimes we went out and we would trick-or-treat around the neighborhood with other kids and other times we didn't, you know. So it was always tricky for me growing up, the idea of traditions, because I would hear it around my other friends and I would know that certain things in their life was a guarantee every year. This is what we do as a family. So for me, it was always tough to understand what that actually meant and what that what the word actually meant. You know, when it comes to my life, there's a few things that I didn't necessarily want to be a part of. And it's not from a lack of understanding of certain things like that. There's also certain traditions that I've just never been settled with within myself. When it comes to things like um, family celebration or let's say things like Thanksgiving and and Christmas. It was always tough for me as a child to fully understand the ideas of that tradition or those traditions. Now, granted, Thanksgiving, I love to eat, so I could understand that one more, is that people get together, family, friends, you laugh, you enjoy food, you get full, you go home. Like, that was probably my favorite tradition, and still is. But as far as things like Valentine's Day, birthdays, Christmas, those were tougher for me to understand because when you grow up with a parent that is working nonstop as hard as they can and 
you aren't able to actually help out the way that you want due to age or whatever restriction, it's very tough to go to those traditions or get to those traditions and feel fully immersed in the moment without having other things weighing down on your shoulders. For me, birthdays began to be not all about me and not such a huge celebration because I realized, oh, this is one day. And I didn't want to get my hopes up for, you know, necessarily friends remembering or gifts coming in or this amount of money or who would remember. Those types of things have always swayed me from those traditions because I never wanted to be let down. And I do feel like sometimes traditions kind of leave that space to where if they don't go as planned or if something's off or if this doesn't mesh up, sometimes I feel traditions can let you down more than they would pep you up. And I've always struggled with that one. Yeah, I definitely feel that. The way that a tradition can really let you down. They create lofty expectations that don't often measure up. In Vedanta, we talk about the suffering that comes when we cling on to expectations. We all know that change is inevitable, but we have things that we expect. And if we cling to that expectation, it's one of the ways that we can increase our suffering in our life. But traditions, in a way, set us up for those lofty expectations. In my own family, Christmas was a big deal, and we were really excited about the holiday. But many, many times, Christmas ended with a big family fight. A tradition of holidays is often alcohol, and you mix that with certain personalities, and it can be a recipe for fire. Traditions bring people together, and in a way, it still brought us together because now me and my family have shared traumas that we laugh about. I shouldn't say we laugh about them, but rather we use humor as a coping mechanism for the pain. That connection piece of tradition exists even in pain. Sadly, it's not an isolated experience. There are a lot of traditions of hurt, and there are a lot of traditions that come with trauma as well. Um, For me, as a black male growing up in America, it can often be tough just to be born black in America. It's almost as if as soon as you're born, there are societal traditions that are placed on you and you don't know anything of the world. There's tradition that when you're spoken to by cops or when you're pulled over, don't move. That is now a common tradition that is being taught throughout the homes of black Americans. There's also a tradition of you don't tell on your fellow black Americans. Regardless of what has happened, you don't say anything to that guy in blue. You don't say anything to that cop because they're not from our neighborhood. Those type of traditions keep people hurt in those neighborhoods. Those types of traditions often don't allow for personal freedom. You're encaged when it comes to those types of traditions because the code of this neighborhood is what goes down in this neighborhood stays in this neighborhood. And sometimes those traditions can last for 30, 40 years. We also have traditions like the military, young black males, as soon as they get to 12th grade, the first option, as soon as their school year starts. The first things planted in their heads by certain parents are military because they're worried about the traditions of what the average black male is used to seeing or encountering after high school. So now our parents and grandparents are forced to live in a tradition of, oh, if they're not doing anything by this time, the military may be the best option for them. But we know the amount of people who come out of the military ruined. 
When I hear you talk about tradition in the military, it reminds me of the pressure that traditions can bring. Growing up in my household, elite schools were the norm, and it was tradition to attend a top-tier university. That was not just a family tradition, but one of the entire community of my high school. Almost 30% of my grade got into an Ivy League or top-tier school, and it was tradition for those who graduated from my high school to do great things, to live up to incredibly high standards. And that particular belief that was passed through our community caused a ton of anxiety and a ton of stress on all that were part of it. Totally. Um, You know, the same in my family. You know, one of our main traditions is that you compete until you can't compete anymore. And that is a tradition that I grew up with. To compete isn't to put on your cleats or to go on the field and show how good you are. Our tradition of competition is to compete against yourself. And that was one of the hardest things growing up in my household because as much effort as I would have ever been putting in, the tradition of my family is you can put more effort in. And I developed a hate towards certain sports because the tradition was if you start something, you finish it. And I remember in the seventh grade, as soon as summer practice ended, which is two-a-days, if you're an athlete out there, you understand that pain. As soon as we were finished with two-a-days, I noticed that my knees began to ache. My elbows began to ache, my shoulders, my back, my spine, my legs, my feet, everything in my body every day around the same time would begin to ache. And I remember my mom looking at me and she said something like, you know, I understand that it's hot out here and I know you're trying to follow your brother's footsteps so all the coaches know you and everything, so it's hard on you. But Michael, you started, so you got to finish. And as a young child or young adult beginning to go through his teenage years, I truly didn't understand what growing pains were. Now, this was the most painful time of my life that I can remember. And it lasted for about four months. And there was a point in time at practice when I collapsed, not from exhaustion, not from the heat, not from the strenuous activity, but from the sheer pain of holding my bones up because they were trying to grow at a rapid pace. And all the while, the tradition of my family is, you started it, you have to finish it. So it got to a point that the tradition was going to impair my life in a major way. There's injuries that can come from those things. And there's a lot of downside to pushing through when it comes to athletics, when your body is actually trying to grow. So I had to sit down in one of the most embarrassing conversations with my three coaches, my mom, and one of my best friends to let everyone know on the same day I could no longer play football. Now, once that happened, that wasn't the end of my troubles. Because keep in mind, my tradition in my family is... If you're going to play ball, you're going to play ball. And you're not just going to go out there and just, you know, half-ass it is what she would say. But you're going to go out there and you're going to play. This led me going to school 
my friends saying that I quit, other people saying I'm nothing like my older brother, coaches not giving me a chance in other sports, which led me to have to prove myself even more. All because the tradition that I grew up in says, once you start something, you can't finish. So sometimes I also believe these traditions have a way of putting people at detriment, where you have to make life decisions, regardless of your age, of what you might or may want to do. switch gears now and talk about the light side of traditions. As you and I create a life here in Denver, we are starting to think about what are the traditions that we want to keep from both of our families. As we plan a wedding, there are many traditions associated with that. In a way, a wedding is a blending of family traditions together. It forces us to reflect on what are the things and the traditions that we both were brought up on that we want to live on. I think that that's an important discovery and reflection for anyone who's seeking a spiritual path. I think about what beliefs do I want to be spread and shared. And belief is a tricky thing. My mom believes strongly in honoring the beliefs of her family and grandmother. Today, we value making our own beliefs and our own opinions so much in our society. And I know that questioning things is good, but I do believe that keeping certain beliefs, like any tradition, is a way or a form to honor the people we love and that we value. We often try to throw out certain traditions just when they don't serve our lifestyle and our desires. I think there's a balance to be found between taking ownership of ourselves and our lives and being true to ourselves with embracing the beliefs of our loved ones. It's a balance that I still struggle with to find day to day, but in my meditation, I slowly learn to accept the ambiguity, and I can lean into some of the easier traditions that I know I want to keep. The easy one is often food. Many cultures or families have recipes that are passed down from generation to generation. I still remember my mom opening a Christmas present for my dad, where he had an article framed. Her eyes immediately filled with tears as she read it. It was an article that had been printed of my great-grandmother, Gigi. She was featured in an article in New Orleans for her gumbo. This recipe was passed down to my grandmother and then to my mom and one of her brothers, and I know it's something that I will try to keep alive. But food is an easier tradition for many of us to want to embrace. For myself, there were many things that my mother made concrete for myself and my older brother. And these are the beautiful traditions that we now get to dive into. The traditions and the sayings of my mom would hold so much weight that in the times where situations could have been their toughest, in the times when my life may have been in danger, and in the times when I didn't know right from left or up from down, those traditions are the traditions that truly were there with me in my soul, in my heart of hearts. You see, traditions like Christmas and stuff like that, those are beautiful things to enjoy. But I got to understand at a young age that the traditions that truly impact my life on a spiritual level, on a soulful level, and on a character-based level are the traditions in which my mother's words were used. Never judge a book by its cover. 
A lot of people have grown up hearing that. For me and for my household, it was actually tradition. Now, this was such a beautiful thing in my life because never judge a book by its cover taught me that I could have any kind of friend, any style of friend, any type of person that I wanted to connect with, I had a chance to do so. So for me, as a young black kid growing up in Montgomery, one of the easiest things I could have done was had all black friends. But for me, the fun thing was, I'm going to have black friends. I'm going to know the Latinos. I'm going to know all of the Asians. I'm going to go over here and meet the geeks and the nerds. I'm going to go over here with the jocks and the athletes. I'll be nice to the, to the teachers. It, it made me want to have such a friend group that was so vast that I truly had an understanding of the world around me. Not judging a book by its cover allowed me to meet so many different personalities throughout my life. And I don't think that would have been possible if I didn't grow up with a tradition and a saying in my home from my mother and her telling us not to judge a book by its cover. Because as a child, one of the fastest things we can do is look at someone and say, I don't like them. And that can be based on their clothes. That can be based on their energy level. That can be based on their parents. That can be based on their smile or the way they stand or whatever it is. So for me, hearing that saying and, and growing up with that tradition as well really changed my life and allowed me to have a ton of friends that I still have until this day. I love that. Diversity is not only the tradition that your mom taught you, but diversity is what makes tradition special. Each community, culture, group, race, religion, whatever, all has traditions that are unique to them. By having a group that you relate to through tradition, we feel a sense of belonging. The fact that my family did things that are different from the way that your family is why we have unique perspectives and why we grow from each other so much. The saying, never judge a book by its cover, is something that you can hold on to and share and spread, and that's what the power of traditions is. It's beautiful. Thanks for listening to the Peace of Peace Meditation Podcast. Each week I dive into a different topic and how it relates to my meditation journey. Join me on Instagram at Peace of Peace Meditation or on my blog, peaceofpeacemeditation.com to connect with me. I would love to hear about how tradition impacts your life. And as always, I hope this podcast helps you find a little piece of peace. I